The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This segment of the USCC Expo Experience on CannabisRadio.com is presented by Soterra Wellness, unlocking the natural health benefits of medical cannabis in order to help relieve symptoms and restore your health. Find wellness at Soterra.com. S-U-R-T-E-R-R-A dot com. And Dom Life, a boutique lifestyle lounge unlike anything before. Located in Phoenix, Arizona, Dom Life, where paradise and cannabis meet. Learn more at D-O-M-M dot life. Grassroots Marketing on CannabisRadio.com proudly presents the USCC Expo Experience. Featuring one-on-one interviews with speakers, exhibitors, and attendees from the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. And now, the USCC Expo Experience, only on CannabisRadio.com. And hello everyone, Brasco from CannabisRadio.com, now broadcasting from our lovely studios here in Florida, uh, just up the way from the concluded United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, where we had a fantastic attendance and we had a lot of great speakers, a lot of great sessions throughout. One of those, uh, of course, we talked to Brian Seckel, who was a part of the How to Use PR to Do What Advertising Can't. And we are have been given the pleasure to speak to another one of the esteemed speakers on that panel, the CEO and founding partner of McGrath Power Public Relations. I'm speaking with Jonathan Bloom. Jonathan, welcome to Cannabis Radio. Brasco, thanks a lot for having me. My pleasure. So... In the panel, uh, I got a little bit of the inside scoop, got to see uh, what your presentation was about. You make the mention about advertising and public relations have been complementary but fundamentally different approaches. And you talked about how advertising in the cannabis industry, uh, regulations that you have in Florida are very specific on how you can use it, uh, a distinct set of guidelines. Take me into what is going on in Florida. You are based in California, if I'm correct, and some of the issues that were addressed during that panel and that you are realizing from people that you spoke to, what are the ongoing issues, the obstacles that are out there on the PR front? Yeah, I I think that's a great question. You know, um, the work that I do uh, on the public relations and marketing side 
uh, is fundamentally different than what advertisers would do. You know, we uh, it's always been explained to me that you can pay for advertising, but you often will pray for good PR, which often comes in the form of media coverage. We don't believe you should pray for it at all. We believe that you have to think it through and, and plan for the right outcomes in any marketing endeavor. And you're absolutely right. Uh, Florida is at a different evolutionary point um, in its cannabis journey than we are out here in California. Um, we were, uh, we are now legal uh, coming out of uh, the medicinal period here in California that had been going on since uh, 1996. And whether you're in a medicinal period as you are now or a fully legal standpoint, people who do marketing or public relations or advertising for cannabis brands have to take fundamentally different approaches based on the laws in their market, the products that they sell, the people that they are trying to reach, and what their business goals are. And that's really what we were getting into on the panel. I mentioned to Brian Seckle during our coverage uh, when I spoke to him at the show about the amount of PR professionals, the amount of publicity is being done representing companies in the cannabis industry that have made their way in in such a short amount of time. And I want to find out what is it that you think it is that with, obviously you mentioned how PR is more than just media coverage, it's social and digital, and it's how it plays a huge role in communications. Now, something that the, these com these companies are looking to outsource as opposed to bringing it in the house. Why is that, you think? Well, I think that, you know, when you look at cannabis, you're talking about an industry that effectively is moving from backpack to briefcase. Mm -hmm. A lot of the folks that are big drivers in the cannabis industry um, come from a lot of different backgrounds that often don't include professional services such as marketing or digital or PR or advertising. And I think that there have been some really great uh, examples of brands that have come onto the scene uh, in all states, whether they be medicinal or, or legal, that have done some really fascinating things to make connections with their customers, to build trust, and ultimately use these services to um, increase sales. I think that when a company decides to either do these things in-house or go out to an agency, they're usually looking um, at bringing on expertise that they don't have. Very few cannabis brands are founded uh, with an expertise in marketing or public relations. Some people may know a little bit about it so they can maybe nudge the brand into the marketplace. but. Just like consumer brands or technology brands, which are also market segments that we've worked with uh, quite extensively, companies will look to see how they can do things better. And getting different perspectives from the outside, uh, getting different perspectives from people who have been successful in say mainstream consumer products, that can be very helpful to brands in the cannabis space because the same things that impact a consumer brand uh, or a technology brand relative to differentiation, uh, proper messaging, uh, the right type of website, and basically convincing people that they are the most trusted brand to put in their hands. I mean, we are talking about medicine here and people need to understand how to use it, they have to be educated, they have to make a connection with the brand. 
And what you'll see is a lot of the emerging companies in the cannabis space just don't have that, uh, that expertise in-house. So they'll look externally to an agency such as mine or other people in the field that have done it for uh, done it successfully in other market segments. Now, an interesting point you got when we were preparing for this interview, you make the point of how, about the fact that cannabis brands should leverage an issues-based versus a product-focused communications approach. Explain that. You know, thank you. That's a great question. Especially when you're in the medicinal space, there are some really strict guidelines on what comes under promoting a product. Um, all of us would love to be able to get on social media and say, my product is the best. We've seen a lot of folks in, in other states almost bring a party type of approach uh, to various communications channels as a way to attract certain types of uh, customers that are looking for that type of uh, cannabis experience. But, you know, it's high time we started looking at cannabis as medicine because for many, many people in the United States and worldwide, that's exactly what it is. Whether you're looking to uh, uh, get help with insomnia or pain relief or whatever it may be, you're talking about something that you put in your body and something that is uh, ideally utilized uh, in a medicinal sense. Now, so I want to take off on that point because it's very important about access to the medicine because I think yes. there is a point where I think people don't see the everyday person that would like to go ahead and access this medicine, you know, they feel like there's some there are things that are hindering them because the testimonials that we get and this is, you know, going to what you've done in your past, you've worked on one of the first studies with athletes and ex-NFL players to illustrate pain versus uh, revealing, revealing qualities versus cannabis versus opioids. So we've seen veterans, we've seen athletes, and we've seen only a select few of patients that have been able to speak out and really be open and public to talk about their stories. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. I mean, do you feel there's a need where we need to really normalize, not normalize, but just we need to see more everyday people that can really relate and relay the message? Well, I think you're making an excellent point, and I think you're helping me make the point that um, I was going to make regarding oh, issues-based communication. No, hey, come to work for me. I, I think you're on the right path business. here, Braska. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> exactly. So I think, what, I, I think your point uh, dovetails very nicely into that particular form of marketing. We as, uh, as uh, anybody within the cannabis space that has a product to sell uh, would be well advised to look for voices of other people to tell the story for its brand. Because what we did with the study of ex-NFL players uh, focusing on cannabis oil versus opioids for pain relief, that was on behalf of a medicinal oil supplier out here in California. And our strategy was to let other people who experience themselves talk about the experience, talk about what the plant did for them and how it benefited them. And that allows the brand to put its product and the results that people have received from that product out into the public domain for others who may be having the same problem to hear it from somebody that they can relate to. And it's a very effective means of communication, but it also does require, as you mentioned, people to overcome the stigma of being publicly associated with cannabis use 
for their specific illness. We had great success with it, with the, uh, the ex-NFL player study. And we have also taken similar approaches out here in California on the issue of pesticide. We, uh, we took that issue uh, on behalf of a pre-launch uh, cannabis supplier uh, here in California. And we enlisted testing labs, we enlisted cultivators, all to talk about a call to action to the industry to make clean products. So whether a cannabis company utilizes their patients or they utilize others within the industry, it fits within the guidelines of communication. It eliminates the, hey, let's party element of it because I don't think that's a good way to go. And it brings people together because of the commonality of experience under the heading of the issue that uh, is chosen to market around. We've had great success with it, and I think a lot of folks, especially in a uh, medical state like Florida, uh, could could do exactly the same thing. Right. You know, it's one thing about representation that we tried to have as part of the USCC Expo. We did have a, over 50 panel, several sports panels, and we could just use more stories that can be told from people that are just very relatable. And, again, like you said, the stereotype it's only it really you can respect it and you can honor you know kind of the legacy of but it's not part of what the message has to be today it looks like it just doesn't resonate and no go ahead no no please oh well just wanted to make that point across one other thing I want to make mention of is that how what is it that PR companies need to do or, or those companies that have these testimonials have the voices of those who experience to create trust and decision-making with other like-minded people. The idea of how to, what you call it, calling, uh, telling a story through a different contextual lens. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to figure out what is it that can be done in the process where we're trying to, it's almost like bringing a witness to trial. You know, you have to convince that person to, to meet in front of their peers and be able to overcome their fears to be able to go ahead and speak publicly and candidly and feel comfortable about it and realize, yes, this is might be a little bit uncomfortable, but man, it's you don't have to be the next Alexis Portel, just be the next person that will be willing to share their story and maybe that'll change a few more people over to realize the good things that cannabis can bring. Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of very good points and the reluctance of people to put their name out there um, and attach it to cannabis use especially in a medicinal state, uh, was one of the challenges that we had to overcome when our agency first started um, representing companies in in that space uh, probably four years ago or so. Um, There's a variety of ways you can do this. I mean, obviously, the, the common, the average person has to take into consideration that if they go public with this, will it have any adverse effect uh, on their job uh, with their family, with their friends, you know, how they're perceived. And the reluctance that we saw out here in California had to do with uh, employers uh, still considering cannabis as, a, as an illegal drug, not as medicine. And um, uh, the, the employees had fear of reprisal and things like that. So we utilized a variety of different ways. Uh, we would obviously talk to the person um, in conjunction with uh, their health provider and uh, the cannabis uh, producer 
uh, just about the, the, the how are they doing? What experiences are they, are they getting? Is, are their symptoms um, under control? If we saw that the person had a high degree of enthusiasm for the journey that they were on and, and were experiencing the benefits that uh, you know, the prescription was designed to allow them to do, then we, like you just said, uh, showed them that the benefits that they're receiving uh, that others could receive and that it's very much a recommendations-based society that we live in. People like to hear stories from people who are going through the same experience that they are. And then if they were willing to tell their story but still had concerns, we allowed them to not use their full name. Uh, we allowed them, uh, in, in certain cases, not to be on video, uh, just to be able to lend their perspective to other forms of communication that can be taken advantage of, not just media coverage. You know, there's blogs, uh, there's, there's other forms of content that can be put up on websites that don't, uh, you know, force the patient uh, or the user to have to give their full identity. I think the most important thing here is critical mass. The more people that we can show that are benefiting from the utilization, the better the industry is, uh, the, the, the better it is for uh, the path to legalization. And obviously there's the trickle down to the brand that is doing the, uh, the communication and involving uh, these regular people from all different walks of life. I think it's a win-win-win for everybody, but there is, as you mentioned, um, um, a process that, that brands have to go through to find the right type of people that can best tell the story that they're trying to communicate. And I'll tell you, that was another thing that was also talking about the number of speakers and the number of uh, people that I spoke with over the weekend about the fact that well, there's two stories. One, it's it's all it really all encompasses about how the mainstream media and how they're going to portray it when they are not, you know, they don't have a, a they don't have a, a a part of this fight. They they don't have they don't they don't take any advantage. They don't get any advantage by covering cannabis, and they will still play the the normal trend of downplaying it and calling it big weed in some cases. And just saying, well, the stereotype is still in place, so why should we care? And how, why we should believe? But that's a discussion we could go on for hours to talk about where to go with that and who are the right people, whether it is those testimonials and how the business needs to, which is getting more professional by day by day. So, uh, Jonathan, again, so we could continue on this, but let me go ahead and go ahead and preface. Let's get your information and let's let people go ahead and reach out to you so we can learn more. How can they reach out to you? Well, they can certainly reach out to me at our, at our through our website at uh, McGrathPower.com. Uh, we have I'll spell that for um, us. Great, com. Uh, our agency is on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on YouTube. We're on LinkedIn. All of those uh, channels um, are easy access to us and myself and um give us a shout let us know how we can help or, or if you just want to talk and get some ideas i'd be more than happy to uh to chat with any of your listeners that are looking to do more uh in marketing and communication surrounding cannabis fantastic jonathan bloom ceo and founding partner of mcgrath power public relations thanks for joining us here on cannabis radio 
It was a pleasure, Brasco. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the USCC Expo Experience, only on CannabisRadio.com. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.